Hey, guy, how you doing? How was your president's week? Mine was awful. It honestly was awful. Usually I love president's week. Things are turning the corner. Things are looking up, but not this week. Rough week for me. Slaving away at work while the president's in his oval office not doing shit. In all honesty, though, I don't watch politics, so I really don't know what's going on in that world. Is it a yay or nay on Biden? I'm hearing a lot of nays. But I don't know if there's any yays for anybody else. I don't know if there's any ever yays for the president. A lot of nays, though. A couple weeks ago, one of the parents, uh, we were given a presentation, and one of the parents asked one of the counselors, hey, are we going to be done by 9 o'clock because I want to go watch the State of the Union? And I was like, listen, guy, I'll give you a 10, 15-minute breakdown right now. You don't even need to go watch the State of the Union. Look around you, buddy. This is it. This is the union. Things are looking up. We're not looking positive. You don't need to go watch nothing. I'm telling you right now, we're not looking good. I mean, all honesty, though, I don't, I don't watch any of the politics. I probably should now, now that football season's over. There's absolutely nothing to do on Sundays, uh, which frees up a lot of time. And you're also like, damn, I spent that much time watching football. 12 hours a day. It feels like a shift, but you wouldn't be anywhere else, huh? But yeah, man, rough President's Week. I burnt my toast twice, two mornings in a row. I burnt my toast. I have a kind of toast with eggs, one of the luxuries of my morning, and I burnt it twice. And half a loaf of bread basically down because uh, I wasn't paying attention. I have to use the broiler because I don't actually have a toaster because we can't, well, not that we can't afford a toaster. Eh, we probably can, who knows? But we use the broil method in our uh, oven. And if you forget about it, you have to time it perfectly. And if you forget about it, you're totally fucked. Both times I was making sure I was flipping my egg over easy and I didn't want to pop the yolk. So I'm, you know, being a little extra careful, so focused on that, I don't even notice the bread burning in the oven. And I'm smelling this burnt smell and I'm just like, is this the egg? What the fuck is going on? And then I was like, ah, oh, fuck the bread. So, yeah, so that happened to me twice. Not fun. Not fun. And then one of the other days, I got locked out of my apartment. And so my wife is enjoying her President's Week in Texas right now. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm here alone, and I'm living like a total animal. No, nothing's clean. Everything's around the house. I did dishes one of the weeks, and I was like, ah, I don't feel like doing dishes again. I'm going to go eat out. So I'm just living like a total fucking animal. My clothes are everywhere. Nothing is where it's supposed to be. I'm going to clean up and, you know, my wife's going to come back and she's like, wow, this is so nice. But uh, she's not going to know I just did that for the last few hours because this whole entire week I've been living like a savage. I haven't even rolled the blinds up. I would come home from work and I'd just be like, eh, don't want to do it. That's how lazy I was. I wouldn't even want sunlight to come through the house. But, yeah, I got locked out of my apartment because normally I would go for a run and I would just take my Apple Watch. And... Usually it's never a problem. Even if the battery is low, I'd be like, my wife would be here. I'd be like, hey, you know, if this thing dies, I'm going to throw a rock at the window. I'm going to call for help. You're going to help me into the home. Totally cool, right? But this time, obviously she's not here. So I was like, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to just, you know, put on my Apple Watch. As I'm leaving the door, as I'm going out for my run, I was like, should I bring my phone? Because like, what if, right? And I'm like, nah, nah, nah. That's negativity. That's out of my life. All that negative talk is out of here. Well, I should have listened to myself because 
for whatever reason, the app on my phone that lets me into the house because we don't have keys because we're not peasants, uh, it just stopped working. This is when I really start to hate technology. I'm 50-50 on technology. There's sometimes I'm like, all right, this is a little too much. What are we doing? And other times I'm like, this is fantastic, right? Where would we be without this? I'm at the age now when you're 30 years old, right? You got to start hating on new advancements, but also, you know, you're not that old where you're not appreciating the new things you have when it comes to technology. Well, in this moment, I hate it all for that. Why can't I just have a fucking key? Why do I need a fucking app? Like, who thinks of this shit? Is there really more safe? All these people hacking out here, and all of a sudden, it's more safe to have an app on your phone to get into the house, not your key that you stick under the doormat, and nobody knows it's there for some reason. Anyway, I can't get into the home. I'm like, all right, what the fuck am I going to do? I was like, very least, I could maybe talk to someone and be like, hey, can I use your cell phone? I can call my wife and she can give me like the passcode to get into the uh, into the building because there's also like the technology they built in. If, if the app doesn't work, you just punch in like a code. And also the other issue is like you don't have to memorize just the code to your door. You have to memorize the code to every single door to get to your home. And that's even more absurd because there's no freaking way you're going to remember those combinations. I'm not Rain Man. So now I'm freaking out a little bit because I'm just like, all right. And now you can't even approach people. Hey, can I use your phone? They're like, fuck off. So it's like, all right, I'm just going to sit here and like, hopefully the concierge can help me. Concierge is not there. Now I'm like, okay, the one day this guy does not show up to work is today. Did he take an extra day of President's Day? Right. Is he milking it right now? Right. Monday wasn't enough. He needs to have the whole week. I've been there. Right. I've done that before. I'm with you, pal. I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying in this moment. I'm a little angry, right? And just in this moment, overall, you're a good guy. But in this moment, I'm a little angry. And I see his coat hanging over the chair. And I'm like, is he right now playing hooky? Is he just throwing his coat over like, hey, I'm here in case his boss walks by. And he's like, oh, okay. Or his boss is looking on the camera. He's like, oh, okay, he's here. He's clearly doing something. He must be busy. Meanwhile, he's hanging out at the mall doing whatever he wants. This is the day. Uh, but luckily for me, he turns the corner and I was like, Hey guy, I can't get into my apartment. Is there any way you can help me? He's like, Oh yeah, for sure. And in the back of my mind, I was like, does he like for sure believe it's me? He didn't ask for ID, but we recognize each other, right? We didn't have that big of an apartment complex. So he's seen me before we've had conversations before. So, uh, we're all good. So he finally lets me in. And I was honestly grateful for human interaction to come help me because this technology was shitting its pants. And I even thought about, like, wait a second. What if one day this guy becomes obsolete because he's a concierge member, right? What if one day they're going to replace him with a robot because you know that's where they're going to. This robot has no human empathy. I have no ID on me. The robot doesn't recognize me from before, thinks I'm an intruder, and snaps my fucking neck because there's no empathy in those things. Thank God I had a human in that situation. So, yeah, that's just part of my rough week. That's just part of my rough week on top of all the stretches at work and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but I'm good. I'm safe. You know, I made it into the home. I'm lucky. So grateful for grateful for the people out there that helped me out, you know. I went to, uh, it was a really big basketball game at our school. It was a crosstown rival, uh, like regional championship for, for basketball. And it was supposed to be like the game of the century, right? You know, one game away from states. You got to be there. It's going to be electric. I was sort of a guy, let's do this. I don't really got much to do. I'm not going to go home 
and clean. I'm not going to go home and cook. I'm just going to lay in bed because it's just that type of uh, vibe for me this week for some reason. I was like, all right, I'm just going to stay. I'm going to watch this game. I'm going to catch the vibes and see what happens. Um, and it was it was a pretty cool atmosphere. I mean, the high school I went to, we, we had a really good sports team, but there was like no school spirit, like very little times that people get involved. A lot of people will come to the games and literally just sit on their fucking iPods and not watch the game and not actually get involved. Uh, so there was like two student sections and both of them were, you know, obviously engaged in the game. I will say the away team, their student section was a little better. That was kind of embarrassing. I'm not going to lie. But uh, it was actually a real good game. It went down to the wire, uh, but we lost by two. So that blows. But before the game, there was a dad on the opposing team who came and he sat like close to us. And this is just a reminder to myself that if my kids are into sports, if I have kids, to never be this guy. Okay. You know, as one of those guys, he clearly played at some level, whether it was high school, college, division one, whatever the hell he played. He clearly played at some level because he came in focused, right? He didn't come in. He didn't say hi to anyone. He came in and sat down and scoped the competition, right? And I was like, oh, this guy's going to be an issue, you know? So, you know, as the players are warming up, he's doing his thing. He's, you know, talking to them like they give a shit about him. And, uh, you know, he's like giving them tips like, hey, you do your jab stop here, you know. So he's sitting down and now it's when they start introducing the players. Right. So they start introducing the opposing team. This guy stands up like he's walking through the tunnel in the Rose Bowl. That's how focused this guy is. Like you're not playing. Sit down. And I don't know if your kid is playing, but let him get the shine here. No one cares about you. okay? And I'm just like, this guy's going to be an issue. Right. And then they start calling out our players. And he does this like, you know, he like waves his hands at like our team, like, like these guys are trash. It's like, dude, you're 40 fucking years old. You're probably older. Are you threatened by these 17 year olds? Did they do something to you? Are you triggered? Like, what is going on? Why are you angry at these kids for uh, the biggest games of their life? Because you didn't make it? I don't know. Anyway, I never want to be this guy. So I'm like, this guy's going to be utterly annoying the whole game. And he actually wasn't that bad. Right. And he, he did his whole clapping thing. And he said some things here and there. For the most part, he was pretty quiet. But before the game, he was so obnoxious. Like, you're not going to suit up, guy. Your time is over. Right. But there was one moment in the game that was actually pretty funny. For the most part, I honestly like when you go to when you go to like these events, there's always those parents who are just utterly annoying. But there was one time uh, where one of the kids got injured on the other team, and he was like, he was really milking it. All right, it was like a foul. It was a pretty decent foul. Well, he was milking it. He was peeled over, holding his shoulder, like crying. Yeah, basically acted like his entire shoulder popped out of the socket. Maybe it did. I don't know. I'm not gonna judge the kid. But he was milking it a little bit, right? I'll just say that, right? You know, it's a big game. Everyone's got their eyes on you. You're the you're the star player. You're gonna milk a little bit. You want a little bit of attention. Uh, so after the game, everyone's like, hey, bro, I was scared for a second, though. My, I, When I saw that happen, I was like, is our season over? We need you, guy. So anyway, all of a sudden, there's all this commotion. I didn't really see it because the referee's ass cheeks was in my face when this was happening because I was sitting front row. You just heard like the ooh from the crowd. And, and then, like, right, you see him peeled over. You hear this, like, hostile, hostile commotion, right? The other opposing fans are like, hey, what the fuck? And then our team's like, whoa, what's going on? And then blah, blah, right? And then with, through all this commotion, all you hear is this one parent in the back going, kick him out of the game. Throw him out of the game. 
Like, <laughs> first of all, guy, I highly doubt it was that intentional, right? I highly doubt this guy pulled at his arm socket or whatever it was. If it was, I'm sure the referees had a clear vantage point. This is in the NBA where things are moving a thousand miles an hour. This is high school basketball. And the guy's screaming in the background in the mix of all the commotion, kick him out of the car. And I just thought that was absolutely hilarious because, like, relax, guy. You know, whoever wins, like, it does it really matter? And, you know, it's just it's just parents, I think, living vicariously through their kids. And I just never want to be that guy. I played high school sports. If I ever have kids, I want them to be successful in sports. But I don't think I'll ever be to the point where I want to live through them to the point where I'm going to play the state championship and they're not. So, yeah, that's just sort of a reminder myself, like, don't be that guy, right? You could support your kid. Don't be that guy. But who knows? Maybe <laughs> maybe I am that guy and somebody else is talking shit about me. As I mentioned in last last week's podcast, I, I talked a lot about sort of just trying to find myself and trying to get out of this 9-to-5 situation and really just trying to turn my life around because uh, where I'm at right now is just, like, not where I want to be. So one of the steps I'm, I'm making to do that is to get a therapist. Most of my uh, adult life, especially when I got into the counseling field, I was very much so in the thought process of everybody needs a therapist. Whether you're, you know, depressed, whether you're actually going through something, whether there's just a particular problem you need to work through, I always felt that everybody needs somebody to talk to. And it doesn't have to be a therapist, but the thing with a therapist is they have no connections to you. You know, when you talk to your friend, especially if you're a guy, in the back of you know, your head, you're thinking, this guy totally thinks I'm a pussy right now. I can't say this. I got to keep this in. Unless you have actually mature friends, then uh, that definitely helps you. But the thing is, when you talk to friends and family, they have a preconceived notion of you and how you should react. And they, right, they'll see your life and they compare their lives to yours. And it's not really the best bet. But if you do have a relationship like that, uh, it's, it's better than nothing, right? And I'm not saying that I don't have those relationships, but I do know sort of a therapist role is that they don't have that preconceived notion of you. They don't have that judgment of you. Well, if they're a good therapist, at least, you know, they'll look at whatever you're going through objectively and try to help you get through it. I'm deciding to take that plunge. I've been saying for a while, everybody needs one. And I've sort of been, uh, I'm not going to lie. I've been sort of just neglecting that. I finally took the plunge, taking the cold plunge, like a, like an athlete, you know, day after the game, you just go right in there. I will say, I'm sort of just owning up to my depression and I'm not trying to be like all sappy here, but depression is a real thing. Right. And I think a lot of times when we're in it, we just don't want to believe we're in it. It's like, no, nah, I'm just sad. But when the sadness lingers over eight months, that's considered chronic, which then can lead to depression. I'm not, I'm not saying I got clinically diagnosed with depression, just everything that I know of it. I'm aware enough and man enough to say that. Yeah. I'm depressed. And what happens is uh, we just run out of coping strategies as we continue to face life stressors. A lot of things that I grew up just combating, I've had the ability to combat, but I got to a point now where I just can't combat it anymore and I just need to talk through it with someone. I'll be able to tell you if it works, right? Because a lot of people are like, fuck that, fuck therapy. They don't do shit. Um, so I'm going to put that to the test. I've been on the other side, right, counseling people, but I've never been in the other shoes. So I can kind of see a little bit of like why it is hard for people because you're just like, is this person going to understand me? Right? So it's also a little bit weirder for me because like I know when people are talking to me, I can be empathetic and I can be non-judgmental. But I'm now I'm like, is that person the same as me? 
What are you what are you thinking in your head over there, huh? You think you're bad things about me? You're gonna laugh? Our depression depression's real, man. And I think when you own up to it, I think then that's the first step of just being like, all right, let me let me figure this way out. And it's and the depression is not like I feel this way every single day, right? You're not just like Eeyore. I mean, there are people like that. But you have your good days where things are going okay, but once something goes wrong, then you just fall into this deep hole. And I think that's when you need those coping strategies to figure things out of what's going on. Depression's a lot like watching a really bad football team. You know, a football team that sort of has some pieces but doesn't have that franchise quarterback. You know, there's things that are going on good in your life, right? But you're missing that one thing, that one thing that makes everything go together. And you're sitting there, you're watching them, right? And you have a little bit of optimism. You know, yeah, hey, well, you know, if this goes right and, you know, well, you know, he's got some tools. Don't get me wrong. He's got some tools. He can make it work. But, you know, deep down, this season's going to shits. Nothing is going to come out of this. It's just going to be stuck in purgatory. We need to, we need to change the ship here. But you still watch the season because you're like, well, what if? Um, but the what if never happens. You know, I do think that it's time for a rebuild. So I got a therapist. I went through BetterHelp, uh, the website. I saw them and I was like, it's probably easier just to get matched with a therapist than trying to filter through a thousand people like through my insurance. Uh, just because I don't really have the time to sit and think. I don't really know people who have a therapist here. So I'm just like, let me just do this and see how it goes. This is sort of the first step to bettering myself. And I'm finally taking that plunge and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, one thing I'm also looking forward to is figuring out how the hell to get back into shape. So I'm at 237 pounds, and this is like the most I've been in a really long time. So I started off okay on Monday and Tuesday. You know, I had, you know, everything planned out. I was making my meals, but I started to get really lazy. Uh, and Wednesday I had a rough day. I was just so tired, and I didn't want to cook. I didn't want to do shit. I went to Whole Foods to buy eggs for the next day because I needed it for the morning, and I wanted up getting there like pre-made section i just decided to slam that and i didn't work out at all because on monday well, when i got locked out of my house went for a run i had a really rough run my my running has gone from progressing uh, i started at like one mile and i kept working up i'm at five miles now and my time was getting better everything was good i felt felt like things were looking up and then just a huge downfall i can't get under a 10 minute mile consistently now. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? So, so I train three times a week and run three times a week. So when I weight lift, I would do a full body split. And so I would include legs and then I would go running after. And I'm like, that's probably what's going on. I'm doing legs and then I'm going for a run. Like clearly my body's like, whoa, slow down guy. So I'm like, all right, let me go run in the morning. So I went running in the morning before my lift. And that was even worse. I couldn't even finish the run. And like my legs just feel like cement blocks. I went for a run. I got locked out of my house, that whole thing. I went to go work out. I was like, all right, let me not go heavy. Let me just go light and let me just see what's going on here. And I noticed when I was doing my split squats, if you notice, a lot of the leg uh, exercises are from the Balkans, like Romanian deadlifts, Bulgarian split squats. So I feel compelled to do those. I don't necessarily like those the most, but genetically, I feel like I'm supposed to. So I noticed this like really tight pain in my ankle and I was like, okay, maybe I'm just overtraining. And I just need to take some time to not run or go for walks or just not do any of that at all. And then the next day, my right ankle started hurting the same way. So I'm like, all right, let me just like not even, let me just fucking relax here. So I think I'm actually going to change my training routine. Instead of doing legs every day, I think we're going to do a push pull leg day. 
I don't know what to do, but I will say I weighed in this morning and I honestly thought I was going to weigh in more because on Thursday I went out to eat to get uh, tacos and I ordered like this burrito taco or this burrito burrito essentially. And I was like, this is definitely fucking 3000 calories. And then yesterday, I, so I didn't bring a lunch. So I went and ordered kava and they, they kind of jipped me. And then yesterday I really didn't want to cook, but I was like, I already ate out. And I technically ate out twice as much as I want to go right now and order DoorDash. I put in, I actually put in a DoorDash order and the prices are fucking absurd. I was like, I can't justify this. So I decided to make ghetto burgers. I just, uh, I made like burgers, but I used sandwich bread instead of hamburger buns, but it worked out. But when I stepped on the scale this morning, I'm like, all right, it's going to at least be over 237, at least for the sodium. I didn't work out at all this week, blah, blah. And then I stepped on the scale and it's the same thing. I'm still at 237 pounds. I'm not going down. I'm not going up. And then I, I did my uh, waist measurement and it's still the same. I don't know what the fuck I got to do. And I've lost weight a lot of times. And I'm like, is my diet like not clean? But when I look at my diet, I'm like, it's it's pretty clean. Like, I don't have a lot of preservatives when I make like maybe the bread I can change. Or maybe I could just stop eating bread and like replace it with another carb. I don't get a lot of fruits in. Maybe I can just replace fruits, um, replace like the gr- some of the grains I have with fruits. When I look at my diet, though, and I'm like, it's not that bad. But maybe I just got to take a deeper look into it or just figure something out. Or maybe I'm not burning enough. Maybe I think I'm burning a lot more calories on my workouts and runs. Maybe I'm not. But So I'm trying to figure that out. I don't know where I'm at in that process. So I'm going to try this new, um, my new workout split to see if I can start getting back into my runs. Because uh, right now that that sucks that I'm not progressing. When I was progressing, I felt like good about everything. But now that I'm just not progressing, I'm like, all right, what the fuck am I doing? But that's sort of where I'm at. That's sort of where my week is at. So I lived like a fucking total teenager this week. Uh, had some rough burnt toast. Locked down in my house. Got myself a therapist. I feel like, you know, that's gonna do. Some, we're gonna do some good things there. Okay, we're gonna do some good things. Don't worry about it. And then, uh, and then I'm figuring out this whole diet and workout thing. I got one of my veins coming back. So that's also exciting. So that's what's keeping me. That's what's holding me strong here. Right? Nothing's changing on the scale, but one of my veins is coming back. And that's, that's a sign of me getting lean here. Right? So now I'm like, all right, maybe I am doing the right thing. I just got to be patient. Fuck the scale. I really don't know. But yeah, that's sort of where I'm at. Taking this week by week. We'll see where it goes.